In over 10 years of going to shows, I've met some really interesting people along the way. Folkies, metalheads, old school punks, sweetheart singer-songwriters, and everyone in between. I figured now was as good a time as ever for me to share their stories. Conversations about music where no genre and no topic is off-limits. I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in bar bands. everyone, it's David James Young here. Thanks so much for checking in with all my friends are in bar bands. Hope you've been doing well. Uh, again, apologies for the delay in getting this one out. Had another insanely busy week last week and just couldn't get around to uh, finishing the editing on this one. But uh, we're here now and uh, yeah, I think this one turned out really, really well. Uh, at the top, I wanted to give a shout out to Adam Buncher, a good friend of mine, for assisting with the editing on this one and the mix down as well. Adam is one of the three co-hosts that I work with on the podcast Hottest 100s and Thousands, which is where the four of us go back in time and we review every single song that has ever been in the Triple J Hottest 100. We're currently in our second season, which will take us through the Hottest 100 of 1994. So if that is of interest, then please check us out. The podcast, again, is Hottest 100s and Thousands. Before we get into the show, uh, just a quick couple of plugs to get through. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, on Thursday, April 2nd, uh, there are a couple of options for you if you're in the Sydney area. Uh, you can head along to Valve Bar tonight if you're of the punk rock persuasion. High Time will be there. They are launching their new album, Mother Crab, which is a lot of fun. And they have a really good lineup with them, including Bagster, Surprise Wasp, and Ebola Goldfish. Hoping to have at least a few of those guys in on the podcast in the not-too-distant future. But uh, yes, that's all going down at Valve Bar from about 8pm tonight. Uh, If you're in the south of Sydney, in the Sutherland area, uh, get over to Studio 6 where you will be finding my good friends Gay Paris as they prepare to launch their third studio album. Ladies and gentlemen, may we present to you The Dark Arts. I'm really, really excited about this record. They're always such a sensational live band, and they've all become really, really good mates of mine. So, uh, yeah, you you guys are in for a treat. On Friday night, over at uh, Bird Rib Studios, which is ironically where this was recorded, this episode, and the next episode for that matter, uh, Laura Palmer out of Melbourne are going to be there, and they will be playing with a great lineup. Ted Dancer with Wolves, uh, which is their first show since December. Nowhere out of Germany, Batfoot and Trash Bears are all playing. So, uh, yeah, that's a really good bill. Super cheap, super fun night. It should be awesome. Uh, if you're in the city near Glebe, get over to the Record Crate. Uh, the lovely Shelby Clements will be playing with Jack Livingston. And uh, the two of them are going out on a, a brief little run of dates called the Murphy's Law Weekender. 
Uh, on Saturday, they're going to be at the Six String Brewing Company in uh, Erina, I think it is, on the Central Coast. And on Sunday night, they'll be playing at the Hamilton Station Hotel in Newcastle. Speaking of Newcastle, got a couple of plugs for those guys too. Uh, on Saturday night, uh, from about 9pm at the Hamilton Station Hotel, a huge lineup. Uh, the return of the prodigal son, Mr. Jamie Hay. Uh, of Coronation, Death in the Family, Feel Like Us, etc., etc., Newcastle celebrity, Melbourne celebrity, world champion, one of the loveliest, loveliest gentlemen you could ever hope to meet. He will be playing with the inimitable Jen Buxton, and they'll be sharing a bill with Liam White, uh, Michael Fafoglia, I hope I'm saying that right, and Alison Gallagher. That's free entry, and it kicks off at about 9pm on Saturday night at the Hamilton Station. What have you got to lose? If uh, you're more inclined towards the heavier side of things, uh, then I would suggest hitting up Congregation, which is a big, big show happening at the Cambridge Hotel. Uh, Norma Jean are headlining that one, and uh, Safe Hands, Regressor, Bellhaven, and a bunch of other bands are dropping in on that bill. So, yeah, definitely check that out if you are so inclined. Finally, on Sunday afternoon, from about 4 o'clock at Frankie's Pizza in the city, in Sydney City, Pit the Elder out of Melbourne, they are going to be playing a... uh, an album launch. They've just launched their second album. I believe it's the second album. Don't quote me on it. <laughs> um, and uh, that's going to be with a returning Yo Put That Bag On, Zounds, aka Dave Drayton, and uh, a handful of other acts as well. It should be super fun. I really like the new Pit the Elder album, and I'm really excited to be seeing Yo Put That Bag Back On back in action. So get among it. So much cool shit to come up. So, uh, yes, as I previously mentioned, if you are interested in getting your show plugged, or just if you have a show coming up that you think I would be interested in and interested in sharing with the listeners of this podcast, then drop me a line. You can find all my friends are in bar bands on Facebook, uh, David James Young writes at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DJYWrites. It's it's super, super easy to get in contact with me. So, uh, whatever your inclination, I hope to hear from you soon. Today's guests are Kissing Booth. Well, one half of Kissing Booth, the singing, guitar playing, and song writing half of Kissing Booth, Grace Laurie and Luke Tomo Thomas. Two absolutely lovely, lovely people. Uh, that have got very different backgrounds, but uh, came together through a moment of fate in the beautiful city of Melbourne. And they have quickly become one of my favourite Australian bands. I absolutely adored their four-track EP, which they dropped last year. And uh, I'm really, really excited to hear their debut album, which is, as you will find out, set for release later this year. Fantastic band, writing fantastic songs. What more could you want, really? 
Uh, we had a really nice, really straightforward and charming chat about all the things in their respective universes. So, uh, yeah, let's have a listen in. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Kissing Booth. Mwah! Hi everyone, I'm David James Young and all my friends are in bar bands. Today I would like to introduce you to my friends Kissing Booth. Hello. Introduce yourselves guys. Hi, I'm Grace. And I'm Luke. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on this day of days. (laughs) Very, very happy to be here. It uh, it is a beautiful sunny afternoon here in Sydney. We're out the back of Bird Ribs uh, Warehouse which is a nice little DIY spot where uh, Kissing Booth are going to be rocking a show in a matter of hours. We're so close. Very We're so close. Very, very close. Taste it. Yes. And you guys uh, played last night as well uh, in Sydney. How was that? It was awesome, actually. Yeah? Yeah, we played at the Record Crate with um, TV programs, Trash Bears, and Collapso. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that was basically a cool venue. Like, I guess um, like the size of the room and stuff really kind of suits what we like to, where we like to play. And uh, all the bands were great. Um, Especially, I really enjoyed TV programs. They're great, great bands. Yeah, they're they're pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Now we met, uh, I believe, roughly a year ago at about this time last year when uh, you guys played with the Gift Horse. Yeah, we. Oh, Factory Theatre. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. it would have been over a year ago. That was. um, I actually remember the day. It was January the ninth that we played that gig. I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, It was January the ninth. Yeah. Editor's note: We actually uh, looked up when this show was, and it was. January 4th. Nice try, Luke. On with the show. And, yeah, you guys played two shows that weekend. It was one with the Gift Horse and one with... Uh, Harbour. Harbour, that's right. At yeah. Blackwire the next afternoon. And, yeah. Uh, yep. And a uh, friend of the show, Mr. Dave Drayton, was there as well, opening, uh, opening up proceedings. Like and it. that was the first time you guys had played in Sydney as yes. Kissing Boots? Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think... Um, that was one of our first interstate legs. Yeah, I think... I think we'd gone to Tassie before that, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I think it was actually the, yeah, only the second time we'd played interstate. Yeah, mm. but, um, yeah, you guys, both uh, Melbourneites now, but you have very different uh, backgrounds. We'll start, with, we'll start with you, Luke. You're a Tassie man originally. Uh, yeah, I grew up in um, northwest coast Tasmania, so um, I suppose you could say the most rural part of Tasmania, and then... Lived in Hobart for about five years and got in, kind of more into playing music in Hobart before, um, yeah, been in Melbourne now for about, I'd say, five years, five, mm. five, heading on to maybe six, but yeah, so it's been a steady growth from the small rural town to bigger towns all over the place. What kind of, what kind of stuff were you, were you into back then? Like, what kind of stuff made you want to play music in um, Tassie? Well, I, when I was in uh, high school, I kind of listened to a lot of... Um, uh, melodic punk rock stuff. M- my brother kind of listened earlier to uh, a lot of Pearl Jam. Um, I remember when he got his first CD player and we, he got like three records. It was, I think it was Sepultura Roots. Nice. Uh, it was uh, Nirvana Nevermind and it was Pearl Jam 10. And out of the three of those, I kind of got a real attachment to Pearl Jam. And so, yeah, I've, ever from there, I kind of like listened to that alternate rock and then and mel- melodic punk rock and and I've kind of got a bit more calmed in my music taste these days. So I'd say I listen... Getting old. Yeah, because yeah. melodic punk rock would be the, the main yeah. kind of influence early on. Sure. And Grace, you grew up in, in New Zealand? Yes. Whereabouts uh, were you at that point? What kind of got you into music? 
I'm trying to remember. I remember. <laughs> I remember the day so I decided. I know. I was 11. I remember the day I decided I wanted to sing. We were listening to No Doubt, Tragic Kingdom, and I thought Gwen Stefani ruled, and I was nice. like, I want to do that. Um, Absolutely. But it was actually a pretty hard innings um, trying to start a band at that stage. It was when you're 11, yeah, that's always going to be problematic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't play guitar until I was about 16. And, um, yeah, right. And Paramore didn't exist then, so a lot of people were sort of <laughs> Wary about, sure. having female singers and uh, that sort of music that I liked. Um, and to be honest, like, that kind of made people go, oh, this is something that could be cool. Like, I don't know, but before that it was really hard. That's I ended so up strange, playing yeah. in, like, a pussy la metal band that sounded like Evanescence for a while, which I was not that into. Um, and you weren't a goth kid, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> You're too happy to have been a goth kid. <laughs> Tried uh, screaming. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's so good to play in this, this sort of music now. Yeah. Um, so whereabouts in New Zealand were you? I was from Auckland. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've been here about five years now as well. In Melbourne, I came on holiday five years ago. And you, and <laughs> you didn't use the home. return ticket. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That would have been interesting, like, having to, like, send for all your things eventually? Or I did just, you just have to start anew? Yeah, pretty much. I hadn't moved out of home yet. I was mm. about 22. Yeah, I just had a, a suitcase of stuff. I was going to stay for a month or two, so I had a few clothes. And then... Just in trips, took things. You, you realise you don't really need a lot, I think. Sure, Once you yeah. start living on and you go, ah, I forgot I had this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luke, take us through uh, your first band. Uh, well, I, uh, first off, I, I didn't actually play guitar until a bit later on as well. So I started playing guitar when I was about year 11. Okay. Um, Were you just singing that, before that? Singing, or, yeah, yeah, mainly, mainly uh, I got into like lots of... I actually was really into like drama in school and did oh, school yeah, musicals yeah. and stuff like that. So I kind of got into singing through that. But um, I uh, I was doing a school musical called The Hunchback of Nostradamus. Oh, okay. Which was a bit of a, a bit of a muck around high school thing, and uh, got asked to join a band with these uh, three guys that were a year above me. And it was we we were pretty much our band name was called Fat Tailed Dunnart, which is actually a type of native animal oh, in really? Australia, and it's actually. Uh, the basis was on the furry friend's chocolates. Oh, God. Uh, and we said, Would you, whichever furry friend chocolate we pull out, we just call ourselves that. Yeah. So we actually uh, got fur, fat tail done. It would have been better if it was like Wombat or something simple. But Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, basically we, we I just sung for that band and we pretty much played just double-time fast punk stuff. In northwest Tassie, there's not much of any kind of music scene at all. So yeah, sure. So it's really kind of tough to play um, gigs with that. But, yeah, it was good fun. Like, uh, I... I kind of prefer having a guitar now. Yeah. Was there much of a scene growing up in Auckland? Did you get out to many shows or catch anything yeah, locally? Yeah, there was quite a um, quite a big like pop punk kind of scene. I mean, there's only really room for one alternative yeah, music sure. scene. So everyone was when I started going to shows, everyone was just getting over Scar and getting into pop punk. Oh right, uh, like Element of yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, New Zealand band. Um, and then. Everyone kind of got into screamo and oh, nice. metalcore and then <laughs> hardcore. And then it just stayed at hardcore for quite a while until I, then I moved over here and realised there was like a, a diversity of music scenes <laughs> I could go to. Um, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, yeah, both of you, like, 
there was a moment where it clicked and you obviously said like Melbourne was the place to be. Like mm. what sparked that for you? What well we'll start with you Luke. What was the what was the motivation to move? Well I think um like Hobart is and has been a great city to live in for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think more in the public eye it's become more of a great city to visit in the last kind of five years. Sure. Um, yeah. And that's because of like things like Mona and the cultural kind of growth there. But I think it's um I've got I guess it's natural progression. Like I'm from a small town, I went to a bigger town, and then it's just natural to want to go to another bigger town. Um, I really like sport, I like music, um, and and where else but Melbourne, really, for those two things. They're both pretty heavily entrenched in Melbourne's history, so yeah. um, I think, realistically, it's close to home as well. So, yeah. But I think being, being able to submerge, submerge myself in, like, you know, I can play music that I think is more me than... I have to play like it should be for that scene, yeah. Um, which is a nice feeling. So, and yeah, Melbourne, that's Melbourne 101, I think. I agree. Uh, and and Grace, like you said, you came over for for a holiday, yeah. and, and obviously something would have happened, or just it would have triggered something where you're just like, I don't, I don't need to go back. No, I really think Melbourne's an addictive city. Like, we stayed for a week, so I was with my best friend. I she'd just finished uni. Right. I a lot of things. I was really busy in Auckland, and like heaps of things are kind of. Uh, simmered down and I kind of thought I can go away for a month or two over summer and just take a break yeah sure and um so she goes I've just finished uni I'll come with you we'll have three weeks in Melbourne and whatever yeah she was going she had a return ticket I didn't yeah yeah and then after a week we were both like Melbourne rules let's see if we can get maybe somewhere for six months and just like extend it a bit you know we haven't really got anything on back home maybe we can stay here if we get jobs and we get a six month lease we'll do that so we did we got a six month lease go yeah stay for six months and then after like a month it was evident we were not going not going back yeah wow yeah i went home for my dad's 60th and went yeah not a lot for me here at the moment fair enough yeah Yeah. (laughs) was that tough to break to your dad were you just like yeah look i'm not coming back (laughs) well luckily both of our parents were really supportive like they're like yeah you're young do what you're gonna do yeah it's hard being away when they're getting older but yeah yeah figure it out <laughs> yeah sure yeah of course yeah. tell us about uh, the music you guys were into like when you first moved to Melbourne like did, were you in bands before like you like, crossed paths and started Kissing Booth as I said I think as I've gotten older I've more chilled out a bit I don't really listen to as much kind of heavier faster stuff as I used to but mm. I think when I like, moved to Melbourne I kind of didn't do a lot for a year but I kind of got a lot more into um, playing and writing um, and playing shows on my own more um, I've always been more of a band person than a solo person right yeah um, and so I started playing shows on my own and kind of trying to branch out in my writing style to I, I think I've always tried to imitate in the past um, before I moved to Melbourne um, what I think I liked so and it would just naturally obviously you're obviously going to be influenced what, by what you like but I think that I tried to imitate it a bit too much and right. didn't really write with kind of full blank page um, so when I moved to Melbourne, yeah, it's kind of... I listen to a lot of stuff like Death Cab for Cutie and um, like Weaker Thans and I also listen to a lot like rockier stuff as well. But yeah. when I got to Melbourne, I just wanted to make sure that I was writing stuff that um, I didn't feel was forced and um, and played acoustic shows until we formed Kissing Booth, pretty much. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, we met because we played an acoustic show together. Oh, really? Yeah. So you were both playing solo? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I'd moved over, obviously didn't know that many people, so... I just started playing solo as well. I'd been playing solo in Auckland for as long as I've been playing guitar. I just sort of did that on the side of whatever I was doing. Or yeah, yeah. 
when I didn't have a band. But um, yeah, so we ended up playing. I think it was only my second gig I'd really played um, in that crowd of people. I was, didn't really know anyone yet. And then we, yeah, we played it. It was the opening of a venue called North Haverbrook that was around for a little while. Okay. Which turns out um, the two members of our other members of Kissing Booth were running. So, Ben and Tom. Yeah, yeah. But we actually formed um, at a pub one night at Palisades last show. It was... At the Casomodo, I think. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, we'd played together. We'd met a few times and Tomo was bugging me (laughs) to start a band. And I was was in two other bands at the time. Really? uh, Well, my solo stuff had become a band called Oaks and then I was playing in an all-girl, like, pop... We call it Date Pop with Cat that I mentioned before that... We moved over with called the Dream Boats. Both of those are simmered down now, and Kissing Booth's taking the front foot, which is great. But um, back then, I was like, oh, and then, okay, okay, sure, whatever. Well, we need other members, and then, <laughs> and then Ham's like, uh, yeah, he was in Palisades. Yes. Oh, I, I want to be in that sort of band. I've wanted to be in that band for ages. We're like, sure, but we need a drummer, and then we go, well, Tom's not in a band anymore because that's their last show. Tom, you want to be in a band? Cross the bar. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and literally that's Sometimes how it's that easy, in, isn't it? in yeah. about half an hour. Um, and I thought it might be a joke or something, but then, you know, next day, what are we going to call it? So <laughs> it happened pretty easily. Right. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you what did you see in each other's songwriting that you thought would, would work well together? To, to be honest, I think it's probably contrast. Like, Yeah, right. It's like, I mean, everyone's going to say, oh, there's contrast in it's the way... The way we sing because we're a guy and a girl, like, yeah. for starters. But I even think in the way that we approach songwriting, we both approach it in different ways as well. Like mm. very different in how we phrase things. Um, I'm quite loud when I sing, and Grace is quiet. So we kind of at at first when you're writing, you kind of you know you write a song and you go, oh, you know, I'm writing it, I'm going to sing it. But we kind of learned how to, I guess. The, the challenge of learning how to write together mm. and uh, use people like each other's strengths, like especially with like the, the vocal thing. Like we generally have always played like smaller venues with um, you know even like you know DIY kind of stuff with not yeah. great PA's and all that kind of stuff. So getting used to like what we have to do to be able to make sure we both can be heard when we sing, so I don't overpower Grace and 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 I can sing in tune with her um, way more professional singing. Um, so yeah basically uh, I think for me at the start it was like having that contrast and seeing I think that I thought that the two together would be able to make something that's even different to both and and yeah that's where we ended up pretty much what about you Grace? Um, I think I just saw him play the first time and and I liked it like I I couldn't really pick out what it was it was just kind of like a it was the vibe, really. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis. Shout out to Dennis Tenuto. Yeah. <laughs> it was just the vibe. It was yeah. everything. It was Marbo. And I just went, yeah, that's cool. I like what he's doing. Like, um, And we got on well. So don't get on well these days. No, no. <laughs> they, are sit- they are sitting very far apart for it's those the, of you uh, listening at home. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's, it's obviously a lie. Very close. It's the, <laughs> It's the grumpy big brother and, and uh, pesky little sister syndrome we've got going on. So. <laughs> no, it's actually amazing. I, I was saying to my dad, like, you don't realise how close you become to someone through writing music with them. Sure, but, yeah. But, like, even though me and Tomo, sometimes we don't hang out or talk a lot uh, during the week, but, I mean, we see each other, like, yeah. a few times a week usually. But even when I'm away, I, I realise, like, 
I went to Japan and I realized I missed him because I'm so we're so like kind of in sync because we spend so much time creatively together and there's something yeah, about that that sort of bonds you to someone yeah. yeah and I think like what we were saying earlier like when when you're in a comfortable writing space where you can like you don't feel like there's borders mm. in what you're writing about I think it's like as good as talking like I guess like I'm not a massive talker at the best of times um but with, with as a form of expression with music you're kind of talking to people when you're writing with them yeah because they have to you know they hear your lyrics they can feel the vibe of the song Dennis um <laughs> so yeah I think that that, it, that does build a close bond sure, sure. Yeah. okay so take us to the first time that you guys played as Kissing Booth uh where was that was that a venue running at the time called The Place okay in Preston yep uh, which was an old converted fruit shop, I think. Yeah, it was the it was a fruit shop um, run by um, members of the old band Kill the Matador. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember those guys. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Um, I can't really. I think Mara I, Mara Threat was playing. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, um, I think Kill the Matador played after us, yeah. and I even think maybe um, Your Demise or someone like it. Uh, oh, Cavalcade, I think it was. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, Cavalcade, it was yeah. great actually. Like. A lot of our friends came out to support us. There was a big crowd there, and it was really encouraging, and everyone was listening. It was a little bit nerve-wracking. It was really funny because I was playing Tomo's. I didn't have a guitar, electric guitar yet. I was oh, playing right. this, we call it Slay Axe or Red Delicious. Red Delicious, yeah. <laughs> It's got one pickup and a, a dusty hole where the other one would be, and, like, it's... What's the... It's, it's basically like a, a like an Ibanez kind of explorer-looking shaped guitar, three-quarter size. metal It's basically just, like, for doing, like, sweeps and scales, but yeah. we were playing, like, but emo slow on it. Yeah. emo. And through this Marshall drinking a Jack Daniels or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woodstock, I think. It was uh, It was pretty funny. It was. It would have looked like a visual identity crisis. Yeah, because we were just playing this sweet emo. Yeah. Uh, That's beautiful. But yeah, that no, was fun. It fun was show. fun show. I think after that we played, like, one more, like, Bar the first open, kind of venue was... Yeah. A, place called Bar Open which we've never played again and it's not really a they, they do bands up there it's not really kind of um, a venue that any yeah. bands of our kind of scene play but sure um, yeah it was fun I'd, like, play, I'd play it again yeah yeah yeah. it's a cool, cool little yeah. place but yeah that was pretty much the start I think yeah so by the time I saw you guys you'd been playing for about six months or that thereabouts if it was in uh, start of 2014 a, yeah yeah I think maybe even longer yeah because we, we took a while to get going yeah we, we kind of I, I think as Grace said earlier, like we all had our other stuff on early, so we didn't kind of push as hard as we could early. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, once we actually started to push more, we, yeah, that's when we started to kind of play interstate and, mm. and that kind of stuff. So, I think it was great doing it that way because, um, I, like, I was in a band in New Zealand that was pretty commercial and oh really <laughs> like we, we were, were a on pop star Grace I, I was, I, 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 Grace uh, uh, the, if you ever want to <laughs> no no yes please. yes yes There's give a, us the YouTube I think called With Hope <laughs> With um, Hope With Hope <laughs> and if you have a look for oh, With Hope God. on uh, on so YouTube uh, you'll see Grace in there as a blonde yeah oh and nice there's some um, live TV clips as well I think playing on TV well, that's TV. what I was mentioning yeah. for the point of it. But make sure to check the song as well. Was oh, that we were doing that sort of stuff? Keep burying the lead, Grace. Come yeah. down. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were doing that sort of stuff before we'd even developed as a band, and so it was really unnatural, and we didn't really get on that well. We just played music together. Yeah, sure. Whereas with Kissing Booth, we would spend our Friday nights hanging out and playing music, and you know we loved it, and we kind of kept it to ourselves for a while, and then we just played like whatever shows. And got the chance to develop, um, and we didn't record 
any, anything for at least a year. Yeah. I think, um, we, I think like, as cliche as it sounds, it was, like, very organic. It was more like, mm. you know, we'll just see what happens and t- a ca- casually approach it. And then, yeah, we kind of... More and more we did it, more and more we enjoyed it. So yeah, sure. Mm. So the first national tour was uh, in support of Lemuria, yep. yes, um, which was set up by a friend of the podcast, Brock Devlin. Shout yep. out to Brock if you're listening. Um, tell us about that experience because that would have been a pretty uh, incredible thing, like for a band still in a relatively infantile state to be doing, you know, all these shows with an international band already. You know, yeah, it was. It was. I think the 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 most crazy thing was like early on. We, we kind of, um, I think it was a fair while before the tour, we did a, um, we got asked to do like an interview thing for a zine or something with... With Lemuria. With Lemuria. Yeah. And we were like, ah, oh, you know, that's cool. Like, we were really excited about this like, yeah, interview thing them. that we got to do. <laughs> we got to and write then, the question. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then like we got, when, when we found out, we, we kind of got asked to play these shows and we were like, it was just like, I think more, like not even the fact of playing the shows was great like playing with Lemuria great because they're a band that we all like you know also just like knowing that we'd be playing interstate all this yeah. stuff and um yeah it's pretty crazy it was super fun it, 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 we we kind of were lucky that that was the way to start touring interstate more mm. because we kind of like you've got that band that's going to draw quite well Lemuria great live band like yeah, fantastic. really really great live so it's also like learning from them as musicians as well when you're in that earlier stage of mm. touring um, and how they go about it and how professional they are when they play. Mm. And I think that's really important because, you know, sometimes bands be, can be quite party and sure. it's also a matter of maintaining the party but also, you know, when it's time to perform then be professional and put on the, a consistent show. So I think that was really big for me. But, yeah, like meeting them as friends, we, we've become quite close with uh, with them. We keep in touch and, yeah. you know, like it's, I think, making friends with them and learning from them at that stage of where we're at was really kind of beneficial. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, now, last year, you guys... Uh, uh, is the record complete? The album's done? Yeah, we've recorded everything. We're Fantastic. just in the final stages of mixing and mastering. So that's under the belt. Yeah. yeah. And that was with uh, with uh, Lincoln. Lincoln, Lincoln Lafever, yes. Or, or drinking La Breezes, if you ask. <laughs> yeah, living Lafever like Yeah, Golden Lafever. I've actually known, like... Lincoln and I have known each other for a long time because yeah. he's from Tassie. Yeah, so, the Tassie Connection, of course. Um, working with someone who... Um, be a great TV show. Yeah, Tassie Connection. The Tassie um, Connection. Well, it's almost like the odd couple with me and him as well. Like <laughs> oh, yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito and twins. Oh, yes. I <laughs> so, can so totally like see us, that. Yeah. I don't That's know. That's remarkable. But, oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think... <laughs> the, Just comparing Lincoln to um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yeah. a bit of a loose call. I think uh, having him has been really great in... Uh, it, he's really quite... A, quite constructive with feedback yeah. and, um, and and having him as a friend who's known known like my music and stuff for a long time and kind of come in with a open mind about what sounds good and what doesn't and he doesn't kind of mix his words when he lets you know and that's good I mean yeah. we, we really we're lucky that he was happy to work with us which is great yeah fantastic alright well we'll wrap up because uh, we uh, we have a show to attend to but before we do that I would like to ask both of you as customary as I ask every guest the best and worst shows that you individually have ever played feel free to start on either or we'll start with you Grace first worst show that comes to mind was the, wor- the first show that I ever played in Melbourne when I visited in 2007 yes uh, I didn't know anyone in Melbourne. Right. So back in the days of MySpace, so I just messaged 
everyone <laughs> that looked uh -huh. musical that I could find from Melbourne and said, hey, my name's Chris, coming over, like to play some shows, know anyone that puts them on. Um, and this guy put me in, in touch with another guy called Andre, uh -huh. um, who's now a friend of mine. Uh, we ended up staying there um, with them for a couple weeks because they had a spare room. The show we put on was at Gertrude's Brown Couch, which is a oh, venue that's that. closed yeah. now. Which is a great venue, but it was just like <laughs> so sad because there was no one there really, and it was yeah. a huge long room with a big Persian rug and a disco ball. And then, well, as Andre was playing, there was about like five people, and the aircon unit just started dripping in front of him. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> it was just so sad and and dire. Um, great, great looking back on it. <laughs> 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 That's my first ever Melbourne show. So it's nice to be playing um, cool Stop DIY strong, yeah. venues like Bedroom now. Yeah. Um, some of the favorite favorite shows. Been great. It's been great playing with Kissing Booth. They've been the funnest shows I played. Uh, I love the DIY ones that like. Um, like we played a show once at our practice space that we rehearsed in, which is just a little storage unit. Oh yeah. Right. Um, we were all squished into the corner, and I could feel the. the um, Air from Tom's kick drum on the back of my legs as we were playing. Oh shit! Um, and everyone's like packed in. I love stuff like that. So that probably, yeah, yeah. Highlight. All right, Tomo, your turn. Uh, I can definitely think of a low light. Um, <laughs> uh, it's definitely Northwest Coast Tassie. Uh, oh, here we go. We, uh, we we were one of the prominent bands in Northwest Coast Tasmania, which that means absolute <laughs> zero. It means we were we were a band. Yes, yeah, sure. If you're a band, you're a prominent band because there's not many. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we were asked to play this place called the Rocky Cape Tavern, which is uh, rock, my hometown's Wynyard, and which is tiny. And then a little bit further towards nothing is this place called Rocky Cape, where there's about hundred people that would live there. Yeah, right. And uh, we played this Rocky Cape Tavern. We rocked up with uh, melodic punk rock, and they pretty much just hated us. There's oh, about no. six or seven people there, and they were just like, you know, pretty much, where's the gambler? Where's <laughs> You know, where's, uh, Which is a valid question, to be fair. Well, yeah, look, we, we, in hindsight, I really wish we'd played The Gambler, but um, <laughs> that was probably the, the worst. I think it was more the worst because it was like, I think it was the worst that we decided that it was a good idea to do it. Yeah. The best, I would have to say, I do, like, Kissing Booth shows have always been like, my favourite that I can remember, but um, I really enjoy, like, I, I don't really mind so much about the crowd, like how big the show is, or I'm more, like, I can, on stage I can feel it, and I think like shows like we played in the Vineyard, um, which is like just a share house in Melbourne, and, yep. and we, we played with Lemuria back there. And I think like being able to play a show with a band that's like from a different part of the world, um, and play it in a situation where you can kind of show them a bit more than just your music, like a, a kind of touch of your lifestyle, like yeah. and and what it is to live in Melbourne and all that kind of stuff. I think that was pretty special. So I'd say that's probably my favourite. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. All right, so the record will be out this year? Yeah, a couple of months. So, yeah, month, month, month and a half, somewhere like that. I'm going to say April-ish. I don't want to put a date on it because yep. <laughs> <laughs> these things can go any which way. But, yeah. And you guys are putting it out yourself? Yeah, 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 yeah. just yep. on, it, on our own. So fingers crossed, um, yeah, once we get it out, we'll uh, hopefully you'll all like it. And Fantastic. What's the record called? Never Settle. I like it. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're going to go rock a show, but uh, thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Grace, and thank you, Tomo, for joining thank me. You, uh, thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. I'm David James Young. All my friends.
This has been a David James Young Writes production. For more information, visit davidjamesyoung.com.